Chavta Tishrei Tafshin Ayin Zayin. Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. And Benny Elbaz opens things up with Hashem Melech here on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your week. We are back after, uh, wow, that was a long vacation. Um, in the entire month of October, during which there are five Mondays, three of them were Chagim. So we were here for the week between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and here we are the last day of October with a show. And by the way, um, just one of these asides that pops into my head, this is a very rare thing that there are five Sundays and Mondays um, in the month of October. I understand it, it, it happens only once every few hundred years. So enjoy this 
extra Monday in October. <laughs> it is Haftet Tishrei. As we mentioned in the opening, it happens to be the um, yard site, the Yom Hashanah Zikaron, for my grandmother, Rachel Uziel Barak. And um, we remember her on this day. She was the daughter of Harav Ben Sion Meir Chai Uziel and the mother of my mother, who is listening in in Brooklyn, New York. So um, we commemorate her, and we are proud to be part of that fantastic lineage, prestigious lineage. Um, Hashem Melech opened things up, and that was a very popular song last night at a wedding that I attended, which is why... You hear my voice is not its usual self, rather uh, hoarse from all the singing and whooping and screaming and, and everything else that went with a, a, a wedding that you, you are so much a part of. Um, Tamar Grazi and Jacob Lazarus got married last night. I am very close to the Lazarus family in general. Very, 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 very close to the Lazarus family in general. And uh, especially close with Jacob and... Um, it was a great, great, exciting, and joyous event. So I take out a minute to mention that as well. Um, we're going to spend most of today's show discussing not the UNESCO decision. Okay, we know. But I would like to give you a certain viewpoint, which I haven't heard others point out or, um, or discuss, um, in which we shall hear clips from the reactions of Israel's Arab Knesset members. And we have reactions from three Israel, Israeli Arab Knesset members and the Israeli media on one of the most popular, the most popular news show in Israel. We'll get to that uh, right after this song. Tzair Lanetzach, Rami Kleinstein, sings that one. And the reason we're playing it this morning is uh, uh, not not that I agree with much of what he says, and not that I agree that Bob Dylan should be a Nobel laureate in literature of all things. I mean, he surely shouldn't be. A, <laughs> he surely shouldn't be a Nobel laureate in singing or, or music, but definitely not in literature. Um, one of the songs that um, one of his famous songs is called "Forever Young." And it was translated into Hebrew and sung to a different melody by Rami Kleinstein. It is composed by Rami Kleinstein. The English version starts, I mean the original version, May, may God bless and keep you always, which is clearly a reference to Yivarecha Hashem v'yishmerecha. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you, which is a very special thing in and of itself because some people don't let others do for them. May you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung. May you stay forever young. May you grow up to be righteous. May you grow up to be true. May you always know the truth and see the light surrounding you. May you always be courageous, stand upright, and be strong, and may you stay forever young. Um, it's a beautiful song written for his child after soon after his birth and uh, translated, as I did not mention actually, translated, believe it or not, by Yair Lapid, now heads up the, um, one, the opposition party uh, in Israel. Rami Kleinstein from a 1996 release of his uh, best hits, My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. La 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 Shall I la 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 la
to say, beautiful song. Sayur Lanetzach Rami Kleinstein, words uh, translated from Bob Dylan's Forever Young, translated by Yair Lapid. My name is Mayor Weingarten. I'm a little hoarse. Excuse me. Sorry. It was for good reasons. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. So um, let's do some housekeeping here. Listener, um, C.B. Schneider posts on the app mentions that having five Sundays and Mondays in October is not as rare as I had said, that it's every few hundred years. It happens four out of every 28 years. And um, obviously, C.B. Schneider is a lot more adept at this than I. I um, thought I read that somewhere, but um, obviously it's rare, but not as rare as we thought. So thank you so much to uh, the listeners who are commenting. We have a few of them. Um, thank you for commenting on the app. The app is, of course, available for free, and you should download it at the um, iTunes Store or the Play Store for the Android and so forth. As uh, promised, we are going to um, have a look at the reaction of uh, Israel's Arab population, but especially their leadership, the Arab Havrei Knesset, members of Knesset, and the... Um, Contrast that to the some of the Israeli media. So, um, the first bunch of clips that we're going to share with you are from the Friday night um, news magazine, if you will, of Arutz Shtayim, Channel 2 Israel News, which is the most watched, um, the, 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 the news show with, with the highest viewership, uh, Channel 2. And so you understand that that has a lot of uh, power and effect in molding the uh, public opinion. They hosted for this um, debate the um, Israeli Knesset member Ahmed Tibi. Ahmed Tibi has been in the Knesset for a very long time. 
Um, he was an advisor. While he was member of Knesset, he was an advisor to Yasser Arafat, who um, we know was just a murderer, a terrorist, who, who made believe he was a repentant terrorist, but he was not, ever. And um, he is very much like a fifth column in Israeli society. He and, uh, and, and, and he, by the way, is, is the more uh, liberal-thinking one. He, he's not the more polarized one. Um, so he is being hosted in the studio together with former Israeli um, cabinet secretary uh, Hauser, and uh, the news um, people of Channel 2. And the anchor, Danny Kashmaro, asks him straight out, very simple question, plain and simple. What was on Har Habayit before Al-Aqsa? Before Al-Aqsa, there was something there. What was there? Here's, the, uh, here's Danny Kashmaro. I mean, you can't, you can't, it's eight seconds. You can't ask for a simpler question. Right. I mean, you would like to hope that he would say, yeah, there was, but now. So I've edited out these clips. There's no way to put the whole thing in. And, and another problem with editing these kind of clips is that for, for a certain percentage of the show, they're just all shouting at each other. I mean... You can't hardly make out what they're saying, even if you know Hebrew. Um, literally just shouting at each other. At, at Twice during this um, this broadcast, I saw something that I never saw before. The the uh, the host, Danny Kashmara that we mentioned, got up out of his chair and walked over to people who were shouting and, and had to calm them down. That's how crazy this went. Um, now, Ahmed Tibi starts talking about narratives. It, it doesn't matter. He doesn't say it that way. He basically says, listen, it doesn't matter what was there. What, was, what matters is the reality. And the reality is it's a mosque. And mosques are for Muslims, just like synagogues are for Jews. <laughs> אני מוסלמי, המסגד שייך לי. אני יודע שמסגד הוא למוסלמים, בית כנסת הוא ליהודים, וכנסייה הוא לנוצרים. That's, uh, that's pretty simple. Now you might ask, you might ask, but there's not just a mosque there. There's a huge area. There's 144 dunam. It's, it's, I mean, anyone who's seen Harabayit is well aware of how large it is. It's the size of more than two or three football fields. So, m- member of Knesset, uh, Ahmed Tibi, one would ask, maybe sitting at home and yelling at the television set, okay, there is a mosque there, and the mosque, but we can put up in a, in a corner maybe, maybe you'll allow us in a corner to put up a synagogue, because it's holy to us as well. And listen carefully to, um, now this wasn't asked, but at some point in the conversation, Ahmed Tibi specifies, emphasizes the following. He says Israel is uh, doing um, archaeological digs that are illegal. Not, Not true. Absolutely not true. In fact, it is the Waqf, the Arab trust that is in charge of the Har Habayit, unfortunately. Uh, they're the ones doing illegal digs, and we know how destructive they were. Then he says, and minister, ministers, not just anybody, ministers of the Israeli government come to this holy Muslim site and pray. And what are they praying for? That, that the temple should be rebuilt on this holy Muslim site. How terrible is that? And then he continues. That's the key. That's the key. 144 dunam 
זה חלק מאל-אקצה, all of הר-אביי is part of the mosque, the אל-אקצה mosque, which is all the way at the southern end with the silver dome, and it's all part of it, and it's all holy to the Muslims alone. You understand? He never, ever answered the question, what was there before Al-Aqsa? Was there a Jewish temple? He, refu- he didn't answer, he, but he just kept talking around it and around it and around it and around it. Talked about narratives and he talked about how a narrative of a nation is, is uh, stories and legends and lore and all kinds of uh, history. And, and you should know that. Your religion has a narrative, says Ahmed TV, as if there's no real history. And they ask him, but what's the truth? Well, the truth is, you know, it's a narrative. And he went around and around and around and around and never said, ever, once, and you won't catch him saying, it is also holy to Jews. Yes, it is. I agree. I admit. Even that he should say, you know what? The Jews lost their right on Har Habayat because they haven't been here for 600 years, for, for, the, for 1,400 years, whatever. But the, in fact, they were here before us. Even that he won't say. No. But he is a moderate. Ahmed TBS, he's a moderate. The more radical members of Knesset are... are, are are even crazier, if you will, in what they are ready to say. So listen to, now this is uh, one of the reporters of the Israeli television reading a post by member of Knesset Talab Abu Arar. Don't forget this party, which is a composite, the Arab party, which is a composite of several different Arab factions that got together. Um, There are more radical ones and more moderate ones, quote-unquote, I'm putting everything in quotes. So this one, this guy is, is within the more radical, the Ra'am party, Talib Abu Arar. Here, listen to his uh, the post that um, he put up on his, I think, on his Facebook page is being read by the uh, Arut Shtayim uh, reporter. ההחלטה של אונסקו מוכיחה את מה שהוכח מזמן שאין שום קשר דתי והיסטורי של היהודים למסגד. ההחלטה מוכיחה את הזיוף ההיסטורי והניסיון לייהד את המהומות הקדושים ועל עם ישראל לחפש את בית המקדש במקום אחר. But they have to look for it elsewhere. It wasn't here. It was, it, Arafat already said this, started with this. At Camp David, Arafat told Bill Clinton that there wasn't a Jewish temple. And Bill Clinton said, you're, you're out of your mind. Everybody, the entire Western world, Christianity, it's part of the Christian uh, um, books as well, that clearly there was a Jewish temple there. And the leader of Christianity went on Pesach to the temple. That's part of the culmination, if you will, of the story. So Arafat said, yes, there was one, but it wasn't there. Maybe it wasn't Shechem, he thinks, but it wasn't there. And, you know, wouldn't people think you're crazy if you say something nuts like that? Well, yeah, they might. It doesn't stop them from continuing to say it. Now, before I bring you the reaction of the Israelis on the panel, I want to share with you clips of another show. This is from Channel 20, which is a religious Zionist television station. Very young, very new. Uh, doesn't have a lot of um, viewership. Uh, doesn't have a large viewership yet. Um, and they hosted a different Knesset member, Arab Knesset member. This one is Masoud Ganaim. He's from the Ram uh, faction, same as Talib Abu Arar. And, and here is his, uh, his reaction, and it's very similar to what you just heard from, from his predecessor here. Um, there was no Jewish temple there. It's not true. Um, and if you, if you want to look for one, you, you should be looking elsewhere. The story is that the Mesgad al-Aqsa, 
שכל העניין של בית המקדש, שכאילו הוא שמה, איפה כיפת הסלע ואיפה מסגד אל-אקצא, כל זה לא נכון. אני לא אומר שהוא לא היה בית מקדש, אולי היה בית מקדש, אבל לא לחפש אותו שם, לחפש אותו במקום אחר. Well, you, 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 it's, this was not an error at the end where two streams got together. They were just, just both of them were talking at the same time. Um, he says, there was, it's, it's, it, the history shows, <laughs> history tells us that there was never a Jewish temple there. That, that's the history. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And then he continues. רק אנחנו אומרים שבית המקדש הזה לא היה, לא נבנה במקומו מסגד אל-אקצא ולא כיפת הסלע ואני קורא לך ולכולם לחפש, לחפש אותו במקום אחר. of what the Arab leadership in Israel. These are Israelis. These are Knesset members. They have a faction of 15 Knesset members. You'll ask every one of them, they'll say the same thing. Some will say it in a more moderate tone, like Ahmed Tibi. Well, there's a narrative. And some, like the other two that we heard, will say it straight out. It's all, you guys, you Jews are a bunch of fakers and forgers. It's not true. The whole story isn't true. There was never a better Mikdash here. Oh, of course there was a better Mikdash. Everybody understands that. Go look for it somewhere else. There's no doubt. They just can look you in the eye and say, history shows that there was never a better Mikdash here. Now we'll take a song break, and we'll be back to share with you what the Israelis on the panel were saying. Um, let's, uh, let's see, what are we going to have? In, in, in uh, honor of Parshat Noach, the upcoming Parsha, Mati Kaspi with a classic Preda Metevat Noach. It's a really cool song, if you hear the words. How the uh, Zugot Zugot, the animals left at Teva, how they uh, said goodbye to Noach and so forth. Um, Mati Kaspi, Preda Metevat Noach. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Kaspi, great stuff. Predamativat Noach, in honor of the upcoming Parshat Noach. Wow, we have a busy listener uh, listenership posting on the on the app. Sending out um, shout out to S. Y. Gelman, listening live in Israel. 
Once, once a year, he says he can do that because he's usually traveling during the showtime. But now that they changed the clock in Israel, but didn't yet change the clock in America, and there's only a six-hour difference. So we're on between three and four rather than four and five, and he's enjoying. Enjoying, and we are so happy that you are joining along with us. Uh, Leah <laughs> says, very good one. So does that mean that Shechem is part of Eretz Yisrael or not, according to Arafat? Yeah. To which I say, yeah, don't don't confuse them with the facts. Don't let's not. Okay, we're going to continue now. Um, in the previous segment, we shared with you the reaction of the Israeli Knesset members, and by the way, they they do represent the what they call the Arab street, Harachov Haravi. What what the average Israeli Arab who's a citizen of the country who benefits from the state of Israel, who who benefit from their educational um, institutions who graduate colleges in, in rates that are higher than any other country, who live in a higher standard of living, meaning for Arabs in other countries, for Muslims in other countries, live in a higher standard of living than many other uh, Arabs in Arab countries who definitely have more freedom. And yeah, These are the Israeli Arabs, and they are, their leadership is showing them the way by just denying that there ever was a Beit HaMikdash there. Some will do it more moderately, some more in a more extreme way, but either way, nobody, you will not hear them saying, yes, we recognize that this site, Harabite, is also holy to you. So that's their message. Very clear, very crisp. Let's now share with you short clips of two of Israel's leading journalists who um, who are uh, regular correspondents and commentators on Arut Shtayim, as I said, the largest viewership of Israeli news. The first is Arad Nir. The second is Roni Daniel. Now, let me just explain to you that Roni Daniel is considered more nationalistic, a little more right-wing, definitely more pro-Tzahal and so forth. Arad Nir is more of a leftist. So you'll see a little bit of both. Now, it's hard to make it out because, again, they're shouting over each other. But Arad Nir basically says, when, when the moderator, when Dani Kashmaro says to TB, but you're not answering the question. I had a very simple question. Was, what was on Har Habayit before Al-Aqsa? Was there any Jewish present there? And he wouldn't say it in any which way. The Israeli, correspond- the Israeli commentator, Arad Nir, says, but it doesn't matter now. It, it doesn't make a difference. Now, there are Jews there, and there are Arabs there, and there are Christians there, and we have to figure out a way that we all can, can manage to be together. That's what we have to do. We have to come up with this uh, form of compromise, and, and, and it makes no difference what was there before. The fact that he was just asking a historic question, because even the... The moderator was saying, yes, of course, we're not denying that there's a mosque there and so forth, and that you should be given the right to, to, to pray there. But I'm just historically what was there for. So here's Arad Nir with his, uh, with his take. Okay, so he says, does not matter? Does not matter? And you're not going to be able to get rid of anybody. We don't want to get rid of anybody. And then you hear the moderator saying, Chatz v'shalom, we, have, we don't want to tell the Arabs that they can't come here. Right? The Arabs are sitting in your studio saying, not only can't you come here, this was never yours. You was never been to Mikdash there. It has no holiness to you. And all the Jews around the table are saying, no, but of course we know it's holy to the Muslims. Of course, of course, yes. And of course they can dive in there. And of course, and of course, and of course. That was Arad Nir. You heard Ronnie Daniel in the background screaming. No, but that's not what's on the agenda right now. What's on the agenda now is this UNESCO uh, decision, which basically is saying there was never any historic connection of Judaism to Har Habayit. And so how do you deal with that? It's not the issue of what is the reality now. And here he finally gets to <laughs> say his words without any major 
interruptions. And um, what he says is, um, you, you, you think it, it doesn't matter, but it does matter. It matters to me what was there before. Here's Ronnie Daniel. אני רוצה להגיד את זה לערד. השאלה הייתה אחרת. האם פעם היה שמה משהו שקשור לבית המקדש היהודי? פעם. זה עדיין לא אומר שאין לפלסטינים את זה. זה משנה. זאת הייתה השאלה. לך זה לא משנה. לי זה משנה. Not what's now, not how do we deal with it now, he says to Aradnir. That wasn't the question. The topic now is, did the Jewish people have any connection to Har Habayit? Was there historically, in truth, in fact, a Beit HaMikdash on this place? And you hear Aradnir screaming again, it doesn't make a difference. And he says, Rony Daniel, maybe to you it's lo mishaneh, li zemishaneh. I care about Jewish history. I care about my roots. I care about my heritage. And even Roni Daniel, who you hear, is very passionate about it, still has to qualify his previous sentence. Here he goes. אף אחד לא מתעלם מזה, ולא שולל, אני מקווה שלא ישנו את זכותם לבוא מתי שהם רוצים. Yeah, you understand, Roni Daniel says, oh, oh, I, I don't, don't, listen, I don't want to be too radical. Nobody is in disagreement that what's there now is a uh, Muslim holy site and place of prayer, and nobody wants to do anything in any which way to, to sort of take that away from them or to inhibit their their prayer there, and so forth. So what's the difference? First of all, within the Arab world, and then what's the difference in how the Jews react? Nobody confronts the Arabs on the air. That's not true. On Arutz Esrim, on Channel 20, Uh, Professor Mordechai Kedar, who was a guest here on our show previously, does attack uh, the Knesset member uh, Masoud Ganaim and, and gives him back, but good. But they won't invite him to Arut Shtayim at any point in order to confront Ahmed Tibi or others and tell them, quote to them the Quran and, as he knows how to do and how to reference different Arabic sources as he does that say The Arabs that say, in the previous generation and beyond, and back, that, of course, this is the site historically of what was the Jewish temple. They won't say that. But on Channel 2 and all the other quote-unquote mainstream media, you basically have the following setup. You have Arabs saying, you're all a bunch of liars. There was no Beit Mikdash here. Go look somewhere else. It's a very clear lie, <laughs> but very clear, very crisp, in your face. And don't confuse me with the facts. I don't care. Whatever you're going to tell me makes no difference. It's not true. You can bring all the historic evidence in the world. I'm going to keep telling you that it's not true. How much more archaeology can we bring out of the out of the depths of the ground of Har, around Harabayit, even some from Harabayit, that show that our heritage of the Tanakh is true and was there, that there was a Jewish presence there. We find coins with Jewish names that appear in the Tanakh. We find Second Temple period um, things that appear with Jewish inscriptions clearly from the Beit HaMikdash that fell down when the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, in which you can see pictures of on, on any internet site. We have tons and tons of uncontrovertible evidence, including the evidence of the Arabs, the Muslims themselves from previous generations. It doesn't matter to them. They don't care because facts 
are irrelevant. One of our listeners, Moshe Eisenberg, asked online, why do we have to resort to archaeology in order to prove it when we have the Tanakh? And I would, I would say that, forgetting the Arabs for a moment, let's talk about the Western world. Not everybody in the Western world believes that the Tanakh, Tehilim, and so forth, that that's all historically factual. Many, many, many. For us, that's great. But if you want to have a, a, a conversation or an argument with the vast majority of the world out there, of the Western world, many, a very great percentage of which, maybe they feel that the Tanakh is holy, even for them, even for Christians, but that it's not a historical fact. It's, it may be it's legend, it's lore. So for them, we have archaeology, science. We dug down hundreds and hundreds of feet and we reached layers that go back 2,700 years ago and we find in the ancient Hebrew font, Hebrew writing, the word Yerushalayim in Hebrew, the oldest such relic found ever, which Prime Minister Netanyahu presented last week to UNESCO. He didn't give it to UNESCO, but presented the fact. doesn't matter. The Muslim world doesn't care about the facts. Ahmed Tibi even said it. There's a narrative, and that's what we believe in. So yes, within the Arab world, the only difference between the voices that you hear is that one will, like Ahmed Tibi, will just talk around it and talk around it. And the others, like the other two voices we brought to you, they say it straight out, there never was a Bedemik Dashir. It's a bunch of bull. It's a fraud. But at the end of the day, they all, all, all agree that it will never be said, yes, it is also holy to you. They will never say that. You won't hear it from them anymore. But all the Israelis around the table, all the mainstream media in Israel, and that includes most of the newspapers and most of the television stations. The Israelis will all say, yes, 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 we agree it's holy to you. And yes, here you're in charge. And yes, you have to pray there and so forth and so on. And we'll give you access. We won't, we won't impinge on your access and maybe even control. But no, 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 no. And that's the difference. And that's how we got here in the first place. Because 50 years ago, when Motagur said, Har habayit biadenu, it's in our hands. We could make the decisions that we wanted to make at the time. And the decisions that the Israeli government, the labor government of the time made, led by Moshe Dayan, was to relinquish control of Har habayit and to agree that Jews can't pray there. And in all these conversations that they're having, nobody's saying, wait a minute, what are you talking about? The Jews are trying to do this, the Jews are trying to do that. You control Arabayat. We gave it to you. We can't pray there. So what happens when you say that? When you say that, they look back at you and say, oh, oh, we control it? You're not taking it? You're not in charge of it. You know what? Then probably you had nothing to do with it. It is Har Habayit Biyadenu. It's in our hands to decide what happens to Har Habayit. And that's why years ago all the leading rabbis of religious Zionism came out and said not only is it mutar, not only is it permissible to make aliyah to the parts of Har Habayit that we are allowed to access, even in our state of Tumah. Not only are we allowed to, but it is a responsibility that we have because if we stay away from it, yes, we're staying away from it because of the Ketushah, but nobody else understands that. And everybody else sees that as our abandonment. If we stay away and we give control to the Arabs, it will go away. And we see now how as Jews begin in very small numbers to come to 
to try to pray on Harabite, but not even to pray on Harabite, just to visit Harabite, the Arabs just get more and more cocky. Now, it was never there. And that's what's happening. The Israeli side, especially the non-religious side, the secular side, are basically saying, yeah, it's really an Arab place, but Jews should be allowed. The Arabs don't go for that. That's not the way things work in the Muslim world. And that's why we are here. That's why we went in 50 years from a state of being Harabayit Biadenu, we are in control of Harabayit, to being in a state where we are totally lost control of Harabayit. While it is still in our own sovereignty, but we've lost control of it. And you know what? When they decided, Moshe Dayan and the others, to give away Harabayit, they made a point of making a big plaza in front of the Kotel and saying, okay, this is the Jewish spot. The Jews will have the Kotel and the Arabs will have the Harabai, which is, if we think about it, insane. It's insanity. You're taking the, the first prize. You say, I'll take the second prize. That's a good prize. Yeah, but it's the second prize. You were given the first prize. No, I don't want the first prize. Give it to my enemy. When you do that, then they'll deny you the second prize as well. And that's what's happening now. Because UNESCO is now saying, even the Kotel is not Jewish. Wow. When history will look back, I think it'll be so obvious what is going on here. Okay, we've gone very long. We'll do some music, and we'll come back and uh, wrap up, I guess. <laughs> I hope the point was clear. I think it was. If you don't take ownership, then you lose everything. That's the bottom line. And they're taking ownership and we're not. <sighs> okay. We're going to... Let's do a new song from the Israeli group Subliminal with Chazi Shaked as a guest. They are somewhat of a rap but it's good stuff, I got to tell you. It's a new song which I heard yesterday. Yom Gadol, it's called. It's very optimistic. So hopefully it'll put us in an optimistic mood as well. Yom Gadol Subliminal, Ma'arechet Chezi Shaked. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Cool to hear a rock, a rock group, a secular rock group, ending their song with Nodel Akel, Kol Hazman. We thank God for every minute that we have, and we do, in this uh, crazy world that we live in. As uh, in the United States, we're going through a roller coaster of insanity. Uh, Nefesh Benefesh is here to say, hey, why don't you consider making Aliyah, going home to Israel? And um, they provide lots of resources, including um, needs-based financial assistance and other resources in order to help us make Aliyah and to make each individual's Aliyah as successful as possible. So take a look at their website, Nefesh, nefesh nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, and we are proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. We are going to close out with Kol Achai and their beautiful Bowie Kala um, from the album Bini, which is available on kolachai.com. You can pay and download either every song, one song, two songs, a whole album, all four albums, whatever whatever works for you. Kol Achai, K-O-L-A-C-H-A-I dot Come and that Bowie Hala that we're going to play is in honor of the Chatan and Kala of last night, Tamar Grazi and Jacob Lazarus. We wish them a Mazal Tov, and we will get to that right after we say thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes. I don't know, I don't remember if we announced it or not, but we hit the 400 mark, and we are very thankful to all the new. Likers, we are at 403 likes. It was very exciting to reach that point around the new year. We thank Jeremy, Sarah, Adam, and uh, and Yona for uh, for liking the page. We encourage you to like the the posts and get people who haven't liked the page yet to do so as well. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Single of the Nachum Siegel Network. Say it out, Weingarten. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the NSN Network Encore Presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the Great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.
Thank you. 